when I talk about like how I'm depressed and how like I have felt suicidal, I think the only thing where I genuinely like put the brakes and start pedaling backwards and will probably run out of the room is when somebody's like, it's okay because God loves you. This is the Humans of Gaming podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief. Welcome to Humans of Gaming. I'm Drew Dixon. I'm the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd and co-host of this here podcast that you're getting in your ear, ear, uh, ear holes, in your ear holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm joined with Chris Gwaltney. Hey, Chris. I'm Chris, chief executive nerd for Love Thy Nerd. And I was fortunate enough to get to listen to Drew nail that intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, One time I said earballs and you like lost it. You so did. I, yeah. I really like that phrase, but I don't know. Is it like inappropriate <laughs> or something? I mean, you know, anything can be inappropriate if you think hard enough about it. That's true. Right? That's true. That's true. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, we had a really cool conversation on this podcast. I can't wait we for did. people to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, fair warning, it's a little longer than... Uh, we normally do, but we were just having such a good chat. Like, yeah, we just kind of wanted to keep going. So, yeah, I could have talked to uh, to M, Marie M, yeah. Marie Shanley is her name, uh, also known as Anxiety on uh, Mixer and yeah. Twitter. And so, uh, could have talked to her for a long time, but yeah, doing fascinating work in the world of mental health and also gaming. She's a streamer. Yeah, uh, she talks about mental health on a gaming game streaming platform on on mixer yeah um and is you know setting out to super like open like really open yeah um you will hear yeah some like deep personal stuff that she just willingly shared um which is very refreshing and i think helps to destigmatize uh mental health Mm-hmm. And talking about it and stuff. So yeah. yeah, yeah, super, super good talk. Yeah, yeah, and she's uh, does does a lot of medical research, but she's not a uh, not not a therapist, and so this isn't about you know giving people advice on their mental health. Right. But it is very much her work is very much about like let's let's destigmatize this. Let's have honest conversations mm-hmm. about it. Uh, let's point people to 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 the help they need rather than like think hey we're get, we're gonna be the ones to give you the help but um uh, yeah. really really cool conversation and uh um yeah so but before we jump into that uh chris i think you're gonna tell us about some something cool i love that yeah so if you're listening to this podcast you may or may not know we have other podcasts we have a whole podcast network and um, we're trying to tell you about all of them um during our podcast. So one that we haven't talked about yet is the free play podcast and the free play podcast is just a barrel of fun. Wouldn't you say Drew, just a barrel of laughs. Yeah. Uh, It's uh, (laughs) a lot more laughs generally than on this podcast. Although I think we, we got a few on this episode. Yeah. We had some good ones. We had some zingers. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, man, they're just a lot of fun. Bubba, Matt, Kate, you know, three of our founders uh, for Love Thy Nerd, and they just talk all things nerd. Uh, they're super into board games, obviously, but they talk video games. They talk, uh, you know, TV shows, movies, just general nerd stuff, and just have a really good time. They're a ton of fun. Um, so it's a great time. Check it out. Free play podcast. Find it anywhere. And um, maybe just harass them a little bit. They they respond pretty well to verbal harassment. So Yeah. Yeah. Definitely do that. And uh, yeah, there's they have a episode. I'd recommend, like, if you're just wondering where to start, because there's a ton of episodes of free play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could just start with the most recent one, but I recommend the Ask Me Anything or ask us anything episode, which is number 80. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a super fun listen. And I could listen to them talk about anything, honestly, but it's just one of those kind of podcasts where the rapport is on point um, and, and you'll laugh a lot. I, I have a blast listening to it every week. So uh, definitely check it out. Yeah. But uh, also want to encourage you like, Hey, if you like free play, you like this podcast, you dig what we're trying to do on the website you've heard about what we do at conventions and you think that's pretty cool. Um, would you help us out? Would you help us do those things? None of those things are free. They all cost us time and money and energy and uh, we need help. So just go to lovelander.com slash give and consider like what you could give, what you could reasonably give. I know it's like kind of a hard time right now for a lot of people financially and stuff. So um, don't want to tell you you have to, but but you kind of do if we want to keep doing this. <laughs> uh, so, um, no, but, uh, but yeah, I think in this, in these difficult times, we all need to figure out ways to help each other. And that's all we're asking for is just help us out if you can. Um, and cause that's what we're all about is helping nerds. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool. With that said, uh, I hope that you really enjoy this, uh, this conversation with him. Yeah. And if you don't, check your pulse, because it's a good one. Hey, how's everyone doing? Good. Not bad. (laughs) Not bad. All right, we have a special guest, and that's uh, Marie Shanley, also known as Anxiety. How are you? I am... Considering all things, not <laughs> not bad, not yeah. bad. Yeah, we were just talking before the show. It's just like a weird, it's a really weird time to be it alive. Is, weird time. It is a, it's weird, a weird time to like ask people how they're doing because we're so used to just being like, oh yeah, fine. But, but like nobody's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. <at> all. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. But uh, so you're 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 hanging in there though. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I just have a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on right now. I'm also yeah. buying and selling a house because that process started before there was mm. a worldwide pandemic. Uh, so, and you don't just like stop doing that once you're in the middle of it because people want your house and you want the other house you want to move into. So it's yeah. just chugging along and that all has to happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I released a book recently uh, and uh, work. I also have a nine to five. And so it's, it's, we've just been on a coast of like, there's a lot going on. And then the pandemic happened. And I, I, and I know I said this before the show, but like, I really do feel like 
it's like its own form of a like it's one of those like weird fever dreams you have where you're like and then there were zombies but then I woke up and I was in a in a castle and so it was okay because I had all these weapons and it was fine and then all my friends were there but like not really they looked like my friends like it sounds like a weird fever dream that you're describing yeah. but it's like total it's reality you don't get to wake up and be like oh okay thank god that was weird like it's yeah it's still happening yeah, it's here and it's happening, happening for a little while yeah. yeah i can yeah. relate to that because we were talking about this before but it's just we're in this weird place where so my wife and i um we had some water damage to our home because of a leak in our pipes and so like Oof. We had all that worked out to have that fixed this week and it's all being fixed. And so we had to go move out of our house into my parents' house who live in the same area, thankfully. So thankfully it's somewhere to go, right? But then there's all this, this tornado here in Nashville that hit a little over a week ago and mm-hmm. it's just crazy. It's like, it could not have drawn up this week, you know? Like if I was yeah. coming up with like a plot for a TV show, it would be a great plot for a TV show with lots of weird dramatic tensions, but I would not have ever thought of it. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. We are getting some quality freaking 2020 memes right now. Like, Oh, my God. So spicy. Chef's kiss. Quality. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I requested some today in my Twitter feed, and people delivered. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be greedy. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be greedy, and I'm going to ask for it on Discord. And I got some more of that. It was, mm. it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful mm. time to, to meme. They're nice and spicy right now. Catch them. <laughs> pick them so, up. So, um, how would people know you? What do you do? Why are you on this podcast with us? That's a great question. No, no, <laughs> but seriously. Uh, so I am a mental health talk show host. Uh, it's a lot more. We talk about mental health and a lot more because really mental health is a part of pretty much everything. Uh, but yeah, so we do interviews, we do discussions on just life topics. Uh, we do interviews with professionals in the mental health field, uh, or with people who are willing to share their, their journey with mental health, uh, with mental health issues. And, then uh, on Thursdays, we play games because that's what you're supposed to do when you stream. And people watch yeah. me terribly stumble through them, like literally bad at Stardew. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at Stardew, you guys. So that's just wow. that gives you all the context you need. Yeah. Uh, wow. But it's, 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 it's fun to watch me be a goof and, and, uh, and laugh at myself. And, you know, and it's, it's a really it's a great place to create a community because people are like raw and, and honest in aspects of their life that they don't get to maybe mm. talk about otherwise. And then it's you you create this like amazing connection with people and then we all hang out and laugh and I feel like we laugh even harder because we know what the downside of you know what the other side of laughter is like. Man, that was that was very Ralph not, Ra- Ralph Waldo Emerson. I'm sorry yeah. about that, but yeah. If you're not laughing, you're crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you're streaming on Mixer, that's right. I'm streaming on Mixer. I just got partnered as a fresh hey, on uh, Thursday. Yes. Pretty, pretty, pretty stoked. Nice. Uh, and Congrats. I just wrote, thank you. And I just wrote a book. I just released a book. It's a compilation of all of my blog posts. So I'm also, uh, I'm, I'm also a blogger. And then in my, my qualifications to do everything that I'm doing is I'm a medical editor in my nine to five and my background is in research and I have a bunch of certificates, but mostly my qualification is that I'm a human being with a heart and beating soul and 10 years of diagnosed, uh, mental health issues myself. And I do not, 
uh, people have come into the show and been like, so is this like a Dr. Phil situation where you're going to give me advice? And <laughs> please, yeah. please. I, I just want to make sure anybody who hears this does not think that they could do that. Cause I will, I have to very nicely talk you down. It's like, be like, um, I'm not going to do that. I'm yeah. sorry if you were coming here for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you people, do you get that a lot? I'm sure, I'm sure you do get that a lot. It's, it's in the show, maybe not so often on the, on the show during the show, it'll be a lot of you're, are you qualified to do this? And I'm like, well, I'm qualified to do what I'm doing, which is talk about mental health and my experience and yeah, yeah. research mm -hmm. and talk about current events that are mental health related. Yeah. I'm qualified to do that, but I'm not qualified to, to, to be a therapist, if that's your actual yeah. question. Uh, but yeah, I get that. And then people usually ask for help in DMs, which is like, I've, I had somebody several times I've had people message me, but one time somebody was like, it's an emergency. I need somebody. My friend is suicidal. And I was like, Whoa, I am so, so sorry that that's happening with you. And yeah. this is what I would do if I was your friend. Here's all the resources I possibly mm -hmm. have. Make sure they're safe. Make like, you know, maybe yeah. if you're you care about your friend, maybe consider taking mental health first aid if this is something that happens to them often and you want to be there for them in a in a good, safe manner. Uh, you know, but other than that, like here's some here's uh, how you can find a therapist. Like, please, here's every resource. Thankfully, they're all like I, do, I don't have to like type all this out. They're all on my website. Uh, thankfully. So I just, yeah. I, I link out to all of that and mm. kindly I'm like, Hey, I'm not sending you away. This, this does matter. This, this battle is really, really important. I'm just, I'm not the right weapon to be yeah. using. It's such an yeah. important boundary. Do you find like, are people pretty cool with that boundary when you draw it? Or if you had people that are like, they just keep pressing into it? Uh, I have found uh, I found pe I found both. Most often, I feel like people are okay and they step back. What mm -hmm. makes me nervous is that there are plenty of people online who like they might have stepped back from me, but then they'll just go and find that somewhere else because right. people feel like they want to help and they feel like they want to save others and that boundary is not as clearly drawn. So what actually happens most often is I'll get other content creators coming to me and being like, hey, I thought I was helping this person, but then they keep coming back and they're really mm. not well and I thought mm -hmm. I could help, but now I'm way in over my head. What do I do now to draw that boundary? Mm. And yeah, so that happens way more often than because usually people come in and they're like, therapize me. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And you know, they, 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 that's, that's it. That's the end of that story. Uh, and so mm. like they will literally come into the discord, turn around and leave. And like in the discord, we have, speaking of that boundary, we have a 60, 40 rule, which is this idea that relationships are not actually 50, 50, they're 60, 40. So somebody's always giving 60 and some, not all, somebody at any given time is giving 60 and somebody at any given time is giving 40 and then you go mm. back and forth and kind of seesaw who's giving what at what time. And so, you know, that's a rule we have in the community. Like if you're here only to take, you're not going to have a good time because nobody's yeah, yeah. eventually people aren't going to help you. But if you're here to create a space for others, the same way everybody else is creating a space, you'll, you'll find a lot of support and love. And that, that seems to work. I'm sure we lose out on a lot of people who, you know, need emergency help but we're also not the right resource to go to for that so i'm i'm okay with that well it's weird because we like live in this culture now where we want everything immediately and we want everything yes. for free you know yes. so yes. it's like 
It's like if I know somebody that's researched a lot about uh, mental health, then that's good enough. Yeah. You know, that's how people think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good good enough with the most important organ in our body. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. People. And it's like, I know how much therapy could cost. So I'm going to ask. That's exactly it. Yeah. They'll look at the price of even like, uh, you know, one of those talk space apps or whatever. Not if they're mm-hmm. sponsoring you, I'm sorry. They're, they're, fan, they're, they are, they're decent. Well, they they but... were going to, but. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> they don't have to sponsor me. I'm comfortable with it. But uh, please do sponsor these lovely gentlemen. They, they're, they're doing hard work. <laughs> like any, any sponsors, really. <laughs> we take whatever. Uh, <laughs> but uh no they're, they're they're not bad but you look at the prices there and they advertise themselves as cheaper than therapy and like sorry but not really like not any therapist that i have talked to that does a sliding scale and all that but that's really hard work that is yeah. hard work if i'm not feeling well i don't want somebody to be like okay so can you uh here's a 10-step program and i understand you're suicidal but you're gonna have to unsuicidal yourself for for these 10 <laughs> steps and then uh, once you go through them you'll have to jump through literally a flaming hoop of fire and then <laughs> after you're done oh, after you're done you will finally talk to a therapist but after that, you have to deal with insurance, and then you're on your own. Oh, <laughs> you, and that's the United States healthcare system in a nutshell. Man, I'm I mean, so why more people aren't like uh, you know more people who need therapy aren't getting it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I'm I'm sorry. I'm so salty. I'm not normally this salty. <laughs> it's a, it's understand. It's understandable. So um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know you're not like giving people medical advice, but you are. I think helping a lot of a lot of people through your blog and through your talk show. Um, so maybe talk, because uh, I because I find your content like super helpful. I was just reading earlier today this article that you wrote on your blog about uh, why social media upsets us and what we can do about that. Um, because I was thinking, man, like this is really, this is really helpful. So may, maybe tell uh, for our listeners who haven't checked out um, your channel or, or, uh, or checked out your blog, like what, what kinds of things you tend to talk about and, an example of two of things that maybe lately that you that you've delved into that were particularly interesting or helpful for people. Yeah, so the my big shtick is I talk about my experience and then I try to back it up with research, right? So like the article that you are talking about is exactly that. I notice that social media sucks for me and it makes me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And then I ask why. And then I do some research and I find some sources and I figure out, okay, that's that's awesome. Okay, now I'm going to put this together and then I end up finding that people will will come and be like, "Hey, can you write about this thing because I've been feeling it recently and I I don't know why that's happening." And so uh recently I've had less and less time to do that, which is super upsetting, but I am going to get back to that, I swear. Um but that's what the whole that's what the whole book is. It's the compilation of all those blog mm-hmm. pieces that I've written in that same in that same vein. Uh yeah, so that's that's my writing. My recent stuff has been a lot more focused on content creators themselves because I feel like it's a very, it's an unexplored piece. Like it's new media, right? It's like not to sound yeah, super cheesy and buzzwordy, but phenomena, yeah. right. Uh, and we talk a lot about like, well, where do so you know content creators get their personal time and they're streaming for all these hours and that's unhealthy, and that just seems like common sense unhealthy, but what people don't realize is the mental health uh, pressure, the pressure on your mental health, the strain that you have, 
to lift up a community and to constantly be, you know, a certain a certain character. Now, I'm not saying persona and I'm not saying like fake, but I am saying you definitely you have to put on your good side, right? Like you don't go on to mm-hmm. stream to show off your bad side because who is going to watch that? You know, I can mm-hmm. if I want to watch somebody you know, have a bad day, I'm going to go look in the mirror and I'm all clear. I don't need to spend three hours in somebody's chat to do that. Amen. Uh, Right. So, but that all takes like a mental health toll. And that's been kind of, that's been something that I've been really, really delving into. So I've made a few YouTube videos on it and I I started writing pieces on it, but it's been a little bit halted because I'm in the process of buying a house right now. But uh, Mm. they're, they're almost done. I have literally three pieces that are like half quarters, 75% 75% of the way done and need to be put out. But uh, so that's what I've been focusing on now. But all mm. of the content is, hey, this thing is happening to me. Why is it happening? Why do I feel this way? Okay, cool. Let's dive into that and, and then write about it. I think there's mm. something really interesting to me. I mean, when you said earlier that you've had a lot of content creators reach out to you like with an SOS, I think there's like a, a an opportunity that maybe you've kind of didn't realize, but has happened where you're able to sort of serve content creators in that way. Like I almost think of it in terms of like a chaplain for sports teams, you know, not, I'm not saying like religious stuff necessarily, but where like, who's serving the people that serve, you know, like, yeah, I I think there's a unique space there for you um, in some way where they, are able to reach out to you because they feel some solidarity because you yourself are a content creator. Um, but you can, you know, maybe serve them in that kind of unique way. That's sort of neat. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm, that that is what I'm trying to do because I, I, it's honestly, it's again, very practical enough. People came to me and I repeated myself enough times where I'm like, I should make a YouTube video about this so that (laughs) next time somebody comes to me, I could be like, Hey, go watch this. Or Mm -hmm. just simply, uh, you know, just simply like have already a a resource put together to be like, here's the links that I use to make that, you know, YouTube video, whatever it is basically to be able to help people more efficiently. When did you start, uh, streaming? I started streaming in October 2017. Yeah, totally knew that off the top of my head. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when you first started, was it was it more of the talk show kind of stuff or gaming or all of, do you do it all, you started all at once? So I don't talk about this a lot. So you guys are getting a juicy question, Ooh, a juicy answer. Go. I started out as a part creative, part mental health streamer. So what I did, and this is not going to be before anybody gets, I'm not self-deprecating in any way. This is just the honest truth. I started out as a creative mental health talk show. So what I would do is I would like pick a creative thing to do while I talked about something. So the Hmm. idea was, hey, this will be, it's a unique angle, right? But also this is distracting enough that like, if you don't want to talk about mental health, you can just watch somebody make something. Well, so the part that did you like to make? Just like I was bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) So like I literally would do like chain crafts, you know, those like chains that you make out of like strips of paper, and yeah, uh, yeah. There's like a gratitude pumpkin, yeah, like stuff like that, where like I would decorate tea lights with snowmen, or I would like paint a ceramic piece. Like I basically go to Michaels, find the cheapest thing there, and try to make a craft out of it. And 
Love I it. was really bad at even these things. Like you, I was even bad at these basic things that again, not self-deprecating, just like honest to God. Like I look at no, them and I'm like, this sure. is right. You just look at it and you're like, I have two left hands and I'm clearly a righty. This is not coming out. Like why are, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not enjoying doing this because at the end of like the episode. Those, uh, like those right. memes that you see of like, that say like nailed it and it's a picture. Oh of yeah. Pinterest and it's <laughs> exactly. it's yeah. literally that. And I would look at it and be like, well, this, this makes me feel like crap. I don't want to keep doing it. Uh, <laughs> So uh, we moved. It's really beautiful it was, that your crafts were like crappy, but you kept at it. Uh, right. There's something really for a while. About that. Right. But then uh, the, the second half of that was I would start talking and then I would forget to do the craft. And then it would be three hours later. I would start talking and then I would do the craft and it would be three hours later. And I'd be like, oh, I just sat there and talked to you guys, but I'm sitting in the creative category at the time on Twitch. So like, I probably shouldn't do that. Like, I, it was very clear that I was not really the after a while i came into my own in mm. understanding that yeah i'm clearly not in my lane and that's okay i'm just going to remove this piece and play to the, the strength and i feel like that's that's how most streamers evolve right you're like okay yeah. i'm going to i'm going to live stream i'm going to you know okay i'm pr pretty decent at fortnite i guess i'll throw that up on a screen all right mm -hmm. well people really enjoy when i do this thing more than when I'm playing, all right. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen streamers go into uh, like evolve from gaming streamers to just chatting streamers just because they've noticed that like that's when their community really connects with them. And then from there right. convert to like political streamers because they're like, hey, my community really likes when I talk politics about them. Like that's what really gets them going. Why don't I do more of that? So I think, you know, it's kind of a natural evolution of, hey, I'm crappy at this. Why don't I why don't I do stuff I'm not as crappy at? <laughs> yeah. I dig it because, I mean, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm like grumpy or something or old. It's probably both. <laughs> yeah. But like I have a hard time getting into a lot of, I, there's never been a streamer, like gaming streamer that's hooked me that I just have to like watch them all the time. Same. Um, so Same. like Same. the fact that, yeah, so the fact that it's We're diversifying. <laughs> yeah that, that the world of streaming is diversifying like a, sh a talk show about mental health like that's really cool uh that actually excites me more than watching somebody anyone really play fortnite uh so that yeah. is but that is not the problem here is that and this might be uh, this might be an i i don't know i'm just gonna say it the problem yep. here is that that's not what people come to twitch yeah. or mixer or, like right. that's those are uh, Immediate, like somebody looking for a talk show is not thinking of a live streaming platform as a place to get that, right? Yeah. So that is kind of, they're going to go to podcasts first, frankly. Then they mm. might go to like YouTube interviews. And, um, and that's where I've bumped into, I guess, the hardest issue in terms of like where my mental health goes, where I'm like, oh, I'm not growing people aren't coming by is it because they don't want to talk about mental health because it's a bummer am i making it bad like all of that where i get stuck in a loop in my head mm. uh, kind of is from the fact that like it i'm doing something that is new there are people and don't get me wrong and i don't want to discount anybody there are some fantastic fantastic streamers 
who do their thing and then they talk about mental health. Like Mr. Wild Starfish is a fantastic musician on Mixer who does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Lane uh, is another musician who does just that. Then there's uh, Runaway Lobster. She she does she plays games and then like takes a break and talks about how she's feeling and then goes back. And then there's Dr. Mick who literally just plays games and talks about mental health the whole time while he's playing games. And he's, he's a perfect, like he's a professional therapist Uh, and he's on Twitch. I, I can keep naming people. So there's plenty of people who like play games or do their thing and talk about mental health, but there's nobody who's like, yeah, I'm going to take this platform. That's for something else. And I'm going to just use it for a talk show. And yeah. and by nobody, I mean, there's me. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> What's the response been like? Uh, it's It's been really, I feel like when people do find it, they get really excited. And I get just as excited because I'm like, hey, we're here to connect. And they're like, what? This is like mm. a house that I've been, lo- like, this is the house I've been looking for where I've like, you know, keep, keep, laying on different beds Goldilocks style and being like, wow, this one is just right. Cause you know, we do a little bit of gaming and we do try to make it not like, I can't talk about mental health seriously for three hours. I just, I can't like my head will explode or I'm going to come off feeling super, super down because I do have depression. I do have anxiety and Mm -hmm. I do have ADHD, but I don't want that to be my entire life. And which means that I cannot talk about that for three hours and I cannot not make light of it. And you know, like all these all these like coping mechanisms and just ways that I have made it easier on myself. Like that's what I, that's how I want to help other people. And Mm -hmm. if by doing that, we can make mental health a less stigmatized topic because when people do find it, there's two reactions. One is, Oh my God, I've been looking for this. Or the second one is I didn't know I was looking for this. Meaning this is, this is happening. Like somebody's having these conversations I kind of mm-hmm. thought mental health was a bummer and I just came in here to be like, oh, this is going to be dumb. And yeah. they come out of it being like, maybe they're not good, like a long time viewer now, but they, they will come out of it being like, okay, I learned a thing. That's, that's uh okay. That's cool. This exists. Right. This is here. And they might even, you know, then tell somebody else about it who does need it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's cool. It It is, it is cool. And I'm very grateful for people who, who stop by and, and find a home with us. When I would say the way that people are kind of stumbling into your your channel and to what you do um, is like that's kind of the way it has to happen in some ways for yeah. a lot of people. Like, yeah, like it's yeah. just because there's such a stigma still about about Absolutely. mental health that um, a lot of people who who would benefit from the resources that you're providing just don't know that they need them don't know how to ask for the resources and feel weird about doing it. So the fact, and and there's probably a lot of people in the gaming world that need that kind of help and don't know how to ask for it. Like I'm not, not trying to stereotype or something by any means, but there's there's just people, a lot of people that need a period. So, so to be in, and there's like millions upon millions upon millions of gamers, (laughs) right? So yes, research and statistics are definitely in your favor with that, where it, you know, it is said that like gaming is great emotional regulation tool. And if you can extrapolate from that, the fact that like, you know, people on Twitch are gamers, people on Mixer are likely gamers. Okay. So if gaming is a good emotional regulation tool, then you're having trouble emotionally regulating, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. you're using it. So Yes, yeah, so there's definitely, and I've I've written some pieces on on that as well. 
Do you want to share at all about like we're we're about to like ask you about your personal life and stuff, but I know your book for is rooted in like a lot of your personal experiences with mental health issues. Um, do you want to give us like an example from your book of something that you write about? Uh, and we need, should say the name of the book too. We've talked about it several times now. But, oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Well That Explains It, a compilation yeah. of research personal essays by Marie Shanley. So um, yeah, I don't know. Give us an example to, that would make our reader, our readers, our listeners uh, curious. Become to your readers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's, yeah. Okay. So like the first, the very first chapter uh, is probably the heaviest and it is the most popular essay I've ever written. And it's about what literally moment by moment, what it's like to wake up with living with depression, and anxiety. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's me describing what I feel with my hands, what the floor feels under my, how the floor feels under my feet, you know, how it feels uh, to walk over to, you know, how it feels to greet my dog when I'm depressed, like all these small details that I feel like people, I, even I, when I'm not depressed, take for granted. Uh, so mm. that that was like the first essay that I put that put out there. And that I'm very proud of that one because that was when my my IRL friends, a lot of them came around to what I was doing because originally it was like, all right, well, there goes, there goes Marie, I guess. So oh, she's talking about depression again. We all get kind of <laughs> weird when she talks about that. What a bummer. Uh, and th- yeah, yeah. This is, is this a bummer? Am I, I don't know how to react to this, right? That's a lot of mm. people's, I feel like reaction to mental health. Like I, am I allowed to, am I allowed to laugh? Am I allowed to yeah. Am I, yeah, am I allowed to be sad? It, I don't know how to react to this. So I'm just mm. going to be uncomfortable. And I don't want to make people like me. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. But that was the first essay that people read through it. And they're like, oh, this is what you're trying to do. And I was like, yes, I, I'm, I'm trying to make people just aware of what's going on and have, have more empathy for it. And yeah, yeah and be able to walk away, not just empathizing because you you feel bad and you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes, but empathizing because you genuinely are like, oh, I understand. I've read enough. I've read resources. I've read this person's story or enough people's stories that I can genuinely say, okay, this might be what's happening to them. You know, just having a level of of getting it that's different than just hearing about it or being like, I think this might feel like this, like reading about it, having that example, I feel mm-hmm. like helps people a little bit more to connect. Um, but yeah, so that was the first essay that where my IRL friends were like, oh, this is this is really neat. That's oh, that's exciting. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to, you know, I want to spread the word and, yeah. uh, you know. And so that was awesome. And that was, that was when it was published on The Mighty. That was a really that was a huge thing for me. And then, uh, and then if you want something on the lighter side, that's still kind of serious. Like I've, uh, one of the other essays that I wrote, I'm a huge Disney nerd. Like it's like inappropriate how much I love Disney. (laughs) And, uh, and one of like my, my favorite, favorite movie of all time is Tangled. And it's, that's a good one. Yeah, it's if you've seen it, you like it better than Frozen. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, but if you, 
No, just to give you an idea, like how much I like how much of a fandom I have for this. Like my husband proposed to me at a Lantern Festival. For those who've seen the movie, like oh, the whole thing is like dude. it's like hardcore. Yeah. So, but it all started. Uh, so I say that that movie changed my life because I walked out of that movie theater ready to remove myself from a very abusive family situation that I had no idea I was mm. in at the time. Uh, so the whole story, like. I is it okay if I give a background? How far do you want me to go? Yeah. Oh, let's Great. go. Uh, so we're just here. We're uh, just yeah. here for the ride. You just take us where you want to go. <laughs> so the the story is that there's this princess and she gets kidnapped and uh, she's kidnapped for the purpose that she has magical powers and they help the her kidnapper, this witch, continue to stay young forever. Right. Yeah. So and also she locks like her up. Mom, right. Yeah, well, she, like, makes herself her mom. mom. Yeah, Yeah, she's not a real mom, but she makes the kid believe that she's her real mom. So it's, like, super, it's super murky. Mother knows best. Oh, my God. So I'm getting goosebumps just again, and I've seen that movie (laughs) way too many times. And, yeah, so that's that's a brief synopsis. And so the brief synopsis of my life against that was uh, twofold. Uh, So it's not exactly the same was not raised in a tower uh, until I was 18. However, uh, my mother going through a divorce, uh, when I when I was uh, turning eight, my mother and father went through a divorce. And uh, we were living in the US at the time. And my mother uh, didn't no, didn't want to handle the situation basically to divorce. So she just got up and kidnapped me. Like for all legal purposes, it was a kidnapping because my dad didn't know until Dyfus called them and was like, your daughter hasn't been in school for a month. And he's like, what? Excuse me, I have a restraining order from her. So I would like, I don't know what's going on. And she, yeah, so she straight up just took me and brought me to Russia and then left me there to like, do her own thing in the US, which is a separate story. And then she like, so she left me with this big, big, I'm very fortunate that I had this big, big Greek family. And so I was raised by like aunts and uncles and cousins and all of that. And, um, and so like, it's like, like I was literally kidnapped. And this relationship with my mom was, was very strange because just because of that, I, I don't think I need to elaborate more. <laughs> like that's strange. No, no, I think that covers uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I think that covers it. And then I, um, I mo- was able to move back to the U.S. because my my sister, who was ten years older than me, uh, at one point she moved to Russia, and then she was like, "This sucks. I'm going back to the U.S." And when she graduated college, she pulled me out. She brought me over to the U.S. And mm. so I lived with her and we call, she, she calls her, so I call her my, my father, meaning my sister mother. Um, mm. And so that, and that how, relationship. How old was that, she and how old were you? Like when I was happened? 14 when she, when we moved in, I was 14 and she was 24. Oh. Yeah. When yeah. you moved back to the States. When when she, I moved back to the States. Right. Yeah. How old were you uh, when your mother kidnapped you? Uh, I was turning eight. So okay. about seven years. Yeah. Seven years yeah, so time. So you spent like six or seven, yeah, years there yeah. in Russia. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. I did not have a great time there either. Like, I, I mean, my family was was great, but uh, like, I got I got bullied terribly because I was from America, and who did right. I think I like? It was there was this idea that I was very stuck up, which I mm. I look back at, and I'm, I still like I want to know if I was, but I yeah. I can't 
Like I can't yeah. see it clearly because I'm like, I don't think I was, but like, I, cause I didn't mm. never walked around being like, I'm from America. Like it was, mm-hmm. but that was how it was persisted. So like, um, I was bullied. I like there were physical altercations and uh, like, it just sucked, man. So my sister, basically the end process was my mom was like, I can't deal with her anymore because she's mm. trouble. And like I had started smoking and going out with boys and I was 14 and this was a problem. So she's like, I can't deal with her anymore. And my sister's like, I'll take her. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so she brought me to the U.S. And then after two years, it was very clear, like my uh, we restarted basically the relationship with my dad, who uh, and now was remarried and had another child. And uh, she was like. I can't do this. I can't put my life. I'm 24 years old at the time. She's in 26. She's like, I can't put my entire life on hold for this kid that I really looking back at it shouldn't be raising. And like, no, this is nothing against her because she was in way over her head with a kid who I like, I was, I was trouble, but not like I did all my schoolwork. I was a good kid. I got good grades. I tried my hardest. But like I had a lot of trouble adjusting, like looking back at it, like, well, no crap. I was definitely depressed and definitely (laughs) anxious and definitely probably not probably definitely later was diagnosed with PTSD. Like things are not good and that's not easy to raise a kid like that. So she Mm -hmm. basically handed me over to my dad and then my stepmom was as close of an incarnation to, and this is not against stepmoms. I've met actually some really fantastic stepmoms, but this <laughs> one was a very close incarnation to Mother Gothel where like there are moments in the in the movie where she tells Rapunzel like, oh, I just, uh, you're, you're really cute, but you're chubby. And then she's like, oh, I'm just saying that because I love you, right? Yeah. And so like, like mm. that kind of messing with her head and making sure that her, uh, she like to keep making sure that she feels down enough about herself that she never has the courage to leave the tower. And so like that kind of stuff happened to me all the time with my stepmom. And yeah. And so I walked out of that, I walked into the movie theater and I walked out of that movie theater and I was like, Holy shit, I need to leave. I need to leave. And Mm -hmm. her reaction the first time I said no to her was also very similar to how Gothel reacts when Rapunzel says no, because Gothel comes to her and she's like, hey, you have to you have to come back to the tower now. And for the first time ever, Rapunzel goes no. And it was very similar where I my stepmom. So I had I part of my job was to clean the house. And um, so I, it, it like usually didn't matter when I did it, but I was going out with a boy and I really liked him and I made that clear. And my stepmom said, oh, you have to come home. Like you're done with this date. You have to come home. And I was like, why? And she's like, cause you have to clean. And I was like, well, that doesn't make, I can clean tomorrow. I don't see the difference. And she was like, no, you have to come. And I said, no. And I will forever remember that. No, because it was like, it was exactly the same. And uh, yeah. So then I, I wrote like, I don't know. It's very long. It's like one of my For longest those essays. Who haven't haven't seen the the movie? What was the reaction? Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. the re- The reaction. Gothel threatens her. Tells her that the person she thinks likes her, which is the the male protagonist, she's like, he's just gonna leave you. Uh, and then I'll tell you, I told you so, and you're gonna come back crawling to me because you can't do this all by yourself anyway. 
And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that was a very similar reaction with my stepmom where she was like, this yeah. guy's going to use you and he doesn't like you because who would like you anyway? Like, uh, like at one point, Gothel and my stepmom literally said, look at you. Who could possibly like that? Like, who could like you? And I mm-hmm. remember being very like, yeah, OK, that that makes sense. That, and that made sense for, for, to me for a long time. So then mm-hmm. to be able for some for me to be able to be like, uh, no, no. That's that's not going to work anymore. And so, like, literally, a Disney movie, a Disney movie made me leave my mm. abusive family, and that's the title of the essay. That's amazing! Wow. The end. Yeah. <laughs> that's an incredible story. Dude, like, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and really encouraging to hear in a way because it's like, um, I mean, none of that was was fun for you to experience, but like now you're you've you're you're sharing these experiences and people are being encouraged and like getting out of abusive situations and stuff like that's that's got to be really rewarding for you to like be able to just get all that out and one just get it all out on a personal level but then you know i'm sure a lot of people have been really inspired by that story to like make you know take take the next step that they need to take i i hope so and that does give like that's what keeps me doing it. This this is not mm-hmm. easy to do, like yeah. by any stretch. I'm not going to pretend like it's easy for me to bear my soul, you know, every three days a week and tell people about like what's going on with me or help people mm-hmm. who are not feeling well get the resources they need, like all that. But that's that's the stuff that get, definitely gets you through it. The yeah. the line that I'm trying to draw is I, I I'm not here to be like Tony Robbins and be like. I did this so you can do it. Like I, yeah. if I, and I tell everybody that, like, if I ever sound like that, please either put me out of my misery or like, just make sure you pop that giant head of a bubble that I've developed. Like, do not let yeah. me, if you ever hear me sounding like I did it. And so can you like, just, yeah. and I, I do believe that like on a, on a very basic level, I do believe that. I think if I was able to get out of the situations that I was able to, yeah. I, don't know other people's like lives, but I feel like, like you can do it. I feel like the human spirit can get through a lot, Mm. but I talk about that on a very general level and would never imply that like, yeah, that you're not doing enough or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How did you get to that point where you were finally ready to like get all this out there and, and, and publicly too, because I think, um, yeah, a lot of people probably, wouldn't or couldn't um and i don't want to like make this normative for everyone but how did you particularly how did you get to a place where you're ready to talk about this stuff in public so that's kind of nobody's ever put it that way before so i i appreciate that you're giving me stuff to noodle over um i've never thought of it that way but I had nothing to lose. I so I got to a point where it's this is another downer story that ends up in a good way. So everybody buckle in. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I got to a point in 2017 where I went. I am a white woman in my 20s, so naturally I wasn't feeling well. So I went on a yoga retreat to find myself. Right as one so, does as one does. And uh, I went on this yoga retreat and the idea of anxiety came to me. Uh, and because I, I wasn't feeling well and I was on the verge, I didn't know at the time, but I was on the verge of my sen- second breakdown. So during my first breakdown, I, uh, I promised myself 
uh, during my first breakdown, I promised myself that if I ever felt better, I would make sure I would do something in this world that would ensure that nobody ever felt the way like I just felt lonely and Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't know where to go to. And I felt like there were a lot of stories of people sharing their story, but it wasn't necessarily productive. Like it's one thing to hear somebody say, hey, I'm having a crappy day and commiserate with them, but I wanted something more out of that. So either like teach me, how did you get through it? What was on the other side of that? Like I I just couldn't find that. And when I tried, um, you know, when I tried finding a way to to do that immediately, like as I started climbing out of my my first mental breakdown, um, and my that was my suicide uh, attempt. Um, when I started climbing out of that, I like could not find an organization that I could help without volunteering my time for free, and I could not afford to do that at the time. Um, and I could not afford to take more on because again, the stuff that I was doing was already bringing me to the brink of this like awful place. Right. So a few Mm -hmm. years passed and I kept like kind of incubating this. And then in 2017, I was in a job where, um, I just, I was not doing well. I was working really, really late hours. And I kept doing that thing that people do where you're like, I'm fine. I know I'm really tired and I'm getting, and, and I keep like going in this cycle of waking up, going, uh, going to work, being at work until 8 PM, coming home, falling asleep, and then doing that all over again. But like, that's fine. People do that. It's fun. This is a fun time. It's a great time. I love my job. I love my life. Uh, and I approached my, I approached people at work and was like, Hey, I think I need to go back to seeing a therapist. And they're like, well, you can't take off time from work to do that. And I was like, right. Okay. Um, no problem. Cause I'm having a great time, right. Refer to previous mm-hmm. statement great time. Totally don't need to suck anything up because this is great. And, uh, and then I had a very public panic attack at work and they were like, Oh, you seemed fine because like I would come in and I would smile and I had all my makeup done. Like I looked like a person without a mental illness, um, or what society thinks a mental illness should look like. Uh, yeah. And so they were like, Oh, I thought you were really okay. And I was like, no. And I thought I made it clear that I wasn't. So now you can see it. Uh, and they're like, I think we basically both agreed that maybe I shouldn't do that. And I had to come home to my husband and be like, so uh, we lost a source of income because basically mm. because I had a very public panic attack and he wasn't surprised because he knew I wasn't like he knew I wasn't OK at this job, no mm. matter how yeah. hard I was pushing. But at that point, I was like, cool. So. Mental illness has officially taken the thing that I thought would be my thing, which is my career. Like I define myself by my career and by mm-hmm. my ability to to yeah. work productive, like a lot of Americans do, right? Uh, some, yeah, really. Uh, so yeah, so it's like th- th- this is it. Like this is the end. Either either I just I guess check out because what do I do now? I don't. I clearly don't have a. What was your career at the time? Uh, project manager. Was a project okay. manager, yeah, in a um, marketing, yeah. and uh, I've worked in publishing before. And then I was like, I'm going to try project management. This is the career I want. And so that was, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I gave this a shot, and I totally failed. I like, I ruined it because of my anxiety, and yeah. like, and the anxiety is part of me. So I guess this is the end. And uh, I had to come home, and I we had the conversation with my husband, and I was like, I think I have to do that thing that I've always wanted to do where I make a website and, uh, 
I think I'm going to do like a live show. I think like, and all, all this was kind of, it started incubating again at that like little yoga retreat I did in the summer. But then by the mm-hmm. fall, when all of this went down, I was like, I, I had a very clear idea of where I was going to start. Where I was like, I'm not employed. I got nothing to lose. Either I help somebody or that's it. Like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And at that point, at that point, like, it's not about bravery. It's not about, it's, it's really a giving yourself a purpose to keep going. Uh, it's a self-preservation more than anything. It's, it's you just being like, I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a literally a last ditch effort to save yourself. And holy smokes, holy moly, like it, it, it saved me. It gave me a purpose. Mm-hmm. It gave me a reason to keep going. It gave me, uh, I ended up finding a phenomenal job, which was like my dream job where I, now I get to be an editor and a project manager at the same time in an environment where I don't come home at 8 PM and then rinse and repeat the whole thing over again. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like I have a boss who's like, Hey, work, work life balance is really important. And mm-hmm. he actually puts his money where his mouth is. It's really yeah, cool. But before I got there, I was on Twitch full time and, you know, did the whole Patreon thing and the blog thing and made a little bit of like side money from the blog. And so all of that was growing and incubating. And then um, I think I answered your question. So I'm sorry. So I think that's the end of that story. (laughs) But yeah. 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 It started because. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Uh, Go for it. Like, like get personal. So, so you, where did you grow up? I know you spent time in Russia, but where did you grow up? uh, So I was raised in Russia. And then in 1991, my parents moved here because the Soviet Union was collapsing. And, uh, and so I was born in Russia and then moved. uh, And by the way, if anybody's ever interested in like, it's not Moscow. It wasn't always cold. I grew up by Sochi, which is where the Olympics were. Right. So yeah. <laughs> uh, the Black Sea coast is where Turkey is. It's pretty warm. It never really never snows. Uh, it's about four hours from Sochi to give you an idea. So yeah. when I was one, we moved here. We moved into central Jersey in Union County in New Jersey, and we lived there. And then my mom kidnapped me and I moved back to that little hometown in, uh, in Russia. And then we moved back, back to central Jersey, back in Union County to live with my sister and then a different town to live with my dad. Uh, and, uh, so I, it's between New Jersey and Russia. Did, uh, what was like, what was, what, I mean, you've already talked about it a little bit, but what was, uh, what was Russia like growing up? It was awful. Like <laughs> it's not yeah. people. I just, all right. So this is my personal experience. So I could say whatever. And it, nobody, right. please, nobody take it as like a. As gospel. Yeah, it's not gospel. It's not. I'm, I'm telling you, you can't live in Russia or any. I don't want to hear any of that. Like, I'm just going to be like, this was my experience and it sucked. And I'm, I'm honest. It just felt like everybody hated themselves and mm. everybody was unhappy. Like there were not there were no people that were just genuinely happy to be to be alive. And if they are, they're like, you're, it's one of those, you know how you, it's like a meme where Russian people like do not take pictures of themselves smiling. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Like on Reddit, there was that post of like 40, it was like an album of like 40 pictures. And this was this guy traveling all over the world. And he takes a straight face picture in front of like every huge, like plate, like in front of the Louvre and in front of, you know, like every monument. Yeah. So 
it's because like if you smile, people are like, "What are you an idiot? Like, what's wrong with you? Why? Why <laughs> yeah. are you happy? Why are you so?" They there's no false niceties. There's 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 none of that. And while false niceties also suck in their own way, I still prefer them to this. Just like life is pain. Life is you know you struggle and then you die. And hopefully you have a lot of good times with your friends in the middle of it. Like, and that, that was, that felt like the outlook of most people. And it felt very, like, I remember feeling so trapped, like at 10 years old, I remember crying hysterically because my, my cousin used to bring me to live with her in Moscow for like a few months at a time. And I remember crying hysterically because I came home from Moscow and I was like, my life is over. I was 10. And Ooh. like trying to explain to my mom why, because I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing for me here. There's no future. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want this future. I see yeah. what this future is. And there's nobody who's, who, there's nobody surrounding me who's doing what I would want to do. Like my aunt, any career I could think of, like my aunt was the principal of my high school and she didn't seem happy. Uh, my cousin lived in Moscow and she like found a rich man to marry and was in a very, very expensive house and like living her best, mo like what you can think of like Moscow model life. Like that's what she, she wasn't happy. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I had an aunt who was an entrepreneur. She wasn't like, there's just nobody, nothing about that life looked appealing. And my yeah. mother was struggling to get by as a teacher and miserable and constantly taking on like side jobs because she couldn't afford to feed me. And like mm -hmm. the other day, because of uh, everything that's going on, I had ramen and I looked at my husband and I was like, dude, this is the first time I've had ramen in straight up like, uh, like 15 years because Shame. after I ate all the ramen I did. Yeah. After that's I ate all the ramen I did as a kid. Dude, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for a while, that was the only thing that I that I ate as yeah. a kid because my mom yeah. wouldn't cook, and and so I swore to myself that like you will not eat ramen as long as you live in America. And it, it's not because we are destitute or anything. Now I don't want it to sound like that, but we bought ramen because you know it's scary and you want to have that kind of food. And I literally was the first time in my life in 15 years that I opened the cupboard. Yeah. And looked at it and was like, yo, ramen sounds so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, but that, but yeah, like that was, that was Russia for me. Just mm. like surrounded by miserable people. I had some really good friends, but yeah, not still like nothing, I guess nothing worth staying over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you, you ended up being kidnapped back to Russia and then you came back to the States and you know, you've already kind of shared a lot of your story with us. I'm curious, like was, uh, was religion a part of your upbringing at all? Were you, were, were either of your parents, uh, go to church or anything like that? So I have a very strange relationship with religion and I, oh, I know no, probably everybody get into it. My favorite. I think everybody <laughs> says that, but I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you and you can, you can tell me what you think. Uh, so my mother, uh, I was Christian, like, you know, Christian baptized uh, yeah. as a, in, in a Greek Orthodox church. And mm -hmm. that is how, so like, by, for all intents and purposes, that is how I was inoculated, right? Okay. And uh, like, I had a godmother and a godfather and, and all that stuff. But then I didn't, like, my mother would bring us to church periodically, but not 
Like it wasn't something it wasn't she a... adhered to. Gotcha. But yeah. it was very strange. Like church is such a part of Russian culture that there's a lot of things that are intertwined. Like there's all these rituals that you do when somebody dies that are technically part of what the church does, but also just like part of culture. It's not mm-hmm. like you close all the mirrors. You cannot have any reflective surfaces because if a if a, a you know a ghost of your loved one uh, sees themselves in a reflection, they might not leave the house. Like stuff like that. And yeah, that's and uh, yeah, so like the ghost of your of somebody who dies in your home will not leave for up to seven days, and then they're allowed to either ascend or descend. And in that time, you cannot have any mirrors, you cannot have TVs on, so any reflective surfaces have to be covered. Like, so that's one of those things. But then my mom was also, like, my mom taught me a, b- a bunch of witchy stuff. Like, I I can, like, read palms and cards and all that stuff, and which is very, very anti-church. So, yeah. but... And, like, you, you, you butt into that stuff back then? Uh, I, yeah, I, that's why I still don't freaking know, man. Like I, (laughs) I don't know. Like I, I still read cards for my friends on Halloween. Like it's become like Mm. the thing we do every Halloween and the the stuff comes true. So I buy into it from the sense of like, Hey, as long as it's coming true, then cool. I'm going to keep reading these cards. But if like somebody took it away from me, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, a part of my spirituality is gone. You know? So did you know Uh, about the spires stuff before? The, the what? I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, the no, no, no. I, for a second, I was like, should I know about that? Uh, no, I meant yeah. the coronavirus. It was a bad oh, joke. My God. Oh, oh, like I predicted it. Oh, I'm sorry. I ruined your joke. No, I like feel bad. Yeah. I ruined your joke. Dude. No, it was. It, was, it happens all it was the time. Don't feel bad. Don't feel thing. bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and then my dad was Jewish. And okay. so oh, like- I had the option if I want. Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. uh, But that was just as practicing as my mom was practicing Greek Orthodox. Like we did, again, like we did Easter, like Greek Easter, we celebrated and, and all of that. And like did the whole, if you've seen big, my big fat Greek wedding, you lived through my life, but add Russia to (laughs) it and more miserableness. Like, but, and then on my dad's side, like I had the option to be, but bothered. See, this is how much I know, but like either bot or bar mitzvah, whichever one the girls are. And I was like, I, I, yeah, I think. All right. We don't have a fact check to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I had the option. I was like, I'm not connected to this at all. But then Hmm. we followed all the Jewish rites when like my grandma died. Like, so again, a lot of like the food laws and stuff where you're kosher home. Uh, yeah, we, but like periodically, like very fair weather in every situation. It wasn't, it wasn't ever like, oh, when it's convenient, we're religious. It's not like that. It was more like we adapted parts of religion as part of our like inner Mm -hmm. little culture as a family, Mm -hmm. but it was never like religion was never a separate entity that ran part of my life. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, it's a really, it's really important for me for you guys to know that I was right and it is bot mitzvah. Oh, girls. good. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> very like, happy yeah. for you. And yeah. I, you can take an acceptance speech if you want to at this point yeah. for your yeah. award. I for accept your praise. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So was there ever a time when you were like, here's what I think or believe or like, did you ever like land somewhere or. You still yeah. Out? So. 
there was this weird moment um, where I was talking to, I, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of kids have this weird moment with Catcher in the Rye, right? Like something about the book. Like if you're at the mm. right age, when you read it, it just like grabs you and you're like, yeah, yeah. I get it. Everybody's a phony. And then you read it two <laughs> years later. <laughs> And you're like, wait, what? I don't, none of this. Uh, but I remember reading it and he talked about the fact that he like didn't believe that there was a God because, uh, you know, because of what I, like, I don't want to go into the whole plot of that book. But, and I remember bringing that up to my dad and him being like, well, then who controls everything? And I was like, I don't know, like science and nature and stuff that makes mm -hmm. more sense and and him being like no you have to believe in god because that's how you that like how how else do you have any morals and i remember like that was the first time where i was like oh i have to take a stance on this i didn't like we like as a family we've never taken a stance on this i had no idea yeah, <laughs> that I yeah. needed to have a firm understanding of this but i was like no i guess so i identify a hundred percent as atheist like a hundred percent i don't i believe in entropy i believe in the laws of nature i believe in uh, like a lot of things happen to make the world continue turning the way it does mm -hmm. i don't believe that there is any spiritual being up there puppeting the whole situation i just yeah i yeah. can't it that doesn't i i know i just can't that doesn't sit right with me and it never none of it none no counter argument has ever made sense so if you have any i would love to hear them i'm always so i'm not one of those atheists that's like well yeah, anyway because jesus is real like it was a <laughs> historical figure i i'm not gonna say I that like so your atheist that's my that's my <laughs> impersonation of myself yeah uh <laughs> well i mean we really try not to like debate on the show but you asked so i'll try to answer like, <laughs> you asked for this <laughs> yeah you, you stepped into it uh so i think for me like the thing that i guess probably like roots me in because our, our organization's a christian organization but we're and so chris and i are both like surprise we're both christians um uh, uh, uh -huh. Yeah, uh, we we this is a time where we're gonna see if you want to um, repeat the the sinner's prayer. Um, okay. So <laughs> repeat after me. Don't think uh -huh. about it. Just repeat the words. Um, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. no, I don't but... mind. It's just not okay. Go ahead. <laughs> just, okay I, no, I don't mind. You can make no, yeah totally daily good. bread and stuff. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know no, but like the the <laughs> I think the resurrection of Jesus is probably like the thing that kind of roots me is this idea of. Um, but not not just as like like yes as a historical reality like I think it's really hard to explain it historically so that's one thing mm -hmm. but but more than that just as like this idea that um, of redemption and renewal in the Bible that mm -hmm. is rooted in self sacrificial love uh, mm. is is what keeps me keeps me like believing <laughs> for lack that's of a fair. better way to put it that's so, fair um, but. I don't know, Chris. What would you say? Oh, I think on my worst, on maybe on my worst days, quote worst unquote. I would, I would say I don't have a better explanation than mm. a god. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I fully believe in science and evolution and all that good stuff. Um, but there's still questions that I don't think can be uh, that I've not found answers to. 
um, mm-hmm. or at least satisfying answers to. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think on my, you know, maybe even most doubtful days or whatever, it's, it's more of an exasperated, uh, well, I don't have a better answer. So, uh, this is the mm-hmm. one, but I think maybe on my, my more, the days where I'll probably go to heaven, um, is, <laughs> is like, uh, there's a, a sense of purpose and things that have happened in my life that mm-hmm. can't be explained otherwise, uh, you know, okay. mystical experiences or things like that, that, you know, it is just down to, I mean, it's like you were sharing earlier, M. like, Hey, this is my personal experience. You can't really dispute it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Um, totally. I think that's, that's what it's been for me too, where there's just been these things mm-hmm. that like, I cannot explain my way around it otherwise, you know? Um, fair. So yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, and I I think that's what it has to be like a true, in my experience, true, genuine, like faith or belief in, in anything, whether we're talking about a God or a a set of ethics or morals, whatever, like it has to be experienced and lived, you know, or otherwise Mm -hmm. I just think it's bull crap really. Uh, it was for me. I mean, for me, it, it, at a point in time, it was just, Hey, I do this thing because you're supposed to do this thing. It wasn't real or authentic. And it wasn't until it was real and authentic and that it actually mattered. You know, I think the part that the only part I, and I respect all of that. And I, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you have that because I feel like every person needs that and whatever gives that to you again, as long as it doesn't hurt other people, that's great. Good. Um, I think the only thing where I genuinely like put the brakes and start pedaling backwards and will probably run out of the room is when mm-hmm. somebody's like, it's okay because God loves you. When I talk about like how I'm depressed and how oh, like sure. I have oh, felt yeah. suicidal Dude. and people are like, yeah. well, you don't have to, you know, God has a purpose for you. So it's okay. I'm like that. Yeah. That's the church bro, I'm has really done sorry. so much yeah. damage mm-hmm. as it relates to yeah. mental health. Like so yeah. much damage. It's literally, I mean, one I, of the reasons we exist as an organization is to try to repair some of the damage done by the church to to people. Um, whether that's, you know, mm-hmm. mental health or, you know, for us that we kind of use this lens of like nerds and how the church has hurt nerds traditionally. Um, mm-hmm. and us trying to, you know, make up and make amends for some of that stuff. So yeah, I get, I, I get you, man. Like that's that is it just, it just feels one. dismissive. It yeah, just totally. feels dismissive yeah. to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I know you're hurting, but like, yeah. that's okay because somebody wants you to hurt. That's basically what you're telling me. Like somebody yeah. needs you to hurt for now. And I'm like, this is a lot of pain and I kind of want to die. And you want me to you have a relationship think- with this person? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> oh, right. Like they're putting yeah. me through this where I feel like I want to mm-hmm. end my life. But then this is like, I have to prove anybody. Also, I'm, I'm one of those people that like, if you're like, if you set it up as a challenge, like I'm the anti-competitive competitive person where you set it up as a challenge for me, I'm like, I'm not interested. If you're like, <laughs> uh, yeah. if you make it like a God is testing you that like that kind of stuff, I'm like, Okay, I don't want to be tested. I'm good. Yeah. I'm out of this test. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I don't I need you. to. I, I just, I'm at a point in my life. Where mm. I, one of the things that I'm very, very few things that I'm proud of of myself is that I'm a point in my life where I don't feel like I need to prove things to people. Like I don't feel like I need yeah. to prove myself 
yeah. to people. And then yeah, especially but- if you're telling me something that I don't inherently believe in, like, no, I don't want to prove anything to them. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you have time for, I know we're like past an hour now, so I want to respect you. Do you have time for a couple more questions? You can say no. Uh, no, I, yeah, let's do it. But like maybe like 15 minutes more, if that's cool with yeah, you. Sure, I, I do have to wake up tomorrow and work. So let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, so I was just, I just, the question popped in my mind. I think it'd be fun. Go for it. So your dad was like, well, how do you, do, how do you answer morals and stuff if there's no <laughs> God? So I, I'd be like curious, your, like, uh, I like your her dad impression. <laughs> that's a really not, good one. I think that's what I did. Answer. Yeah. No, that's, I think that's how I that, like your impression of me impressing him is pretty pretty spot on. Oh, <laughs> nice. Your guys' so, impressions just sound like California <laughs> surfers, <laughs> <laughs> like that in SNL Californian Go skit. To what did you do here? You took the avocados. The four or five. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, what would you say uh, now that you've well, now that you've like you've done you've done a lot of research? You you you're uh, I think a lot more sure of yourself now. Like, how, how would you respond to that now? Uh, like, what what's your? There are. What so motivates the work that you do? You know, that's kind. Of, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking because I think you're very much like all about like being vulnerable and helping people and being vulnerable for the sake of like getting connecting with people and, and making them feel yeah. less alone. And there's like, there's a lot of beauty in that to me. And I'm just wondering like what motivates that work? Uh, well, I want to answer your morals question first. Okay. Cause it's a very both. simple answer. And I remember I had it, I like I had it, which was there's social repercussions to, to being a terrible person. I mean, not always, I'm not saying bad people always get what's coming to them, but there are like, if you're, if you're a giving kind person, people tend to be more kind and giving to you. So yeah. there's a there's a return on on what you give if it's a good thing. Yeah. But that also means there's a return on bad stuff. So what keeps me morally like if I kill somebody, there's going to be people who are pretty upset who like like the person I killed. So what then that makes that puts me in a bad position socially. Why like that's that's enough reason for me not to kill somebody. That's mm-hmm. I understand that like some people have those urges that like they can't control or it's literally like, you know, it's a mental health issue. And I think that's a separate question, but in terms of like a a regular person having morals, they just, I think socially we enforce enough. And, you know, if we raise our kids with again, morals, like morals and religiousness do not have to be one of the same is my opinion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's that. Um, and then the second question then, is about what motivates the work that you do. What motivates the work that I do? I, cause I think you're like, to me, the work that you do is very like moral, like very ethical. Like there's a real like, um, passion for helping people. I think that you have. Thank you. Um, I, I do. I, I I do really want to help people. And I, again, I just, I go back to that moment. Like I remember what it's like feeling completely awful and like you cannot, I remember feeling like I didn't have the answers that I needed. And I remember feeling alone and isolated, even though I was with Mm -hmm. my now husband, then boyfriend, like I had having it's the most bizarre thing where you have everything you need and nothing you want for personal Mm. fulfillment. 
So like, like I had the house and I had the husband and I had uh, the job that I always wanted. And I was completely emotionally with nothing. And I don't want people to be there. And I, and then we can talk about it from like a light standpoint where like, I just think it's real dumb that there's still a stigma around this. Like everybody experiences this. That's like, you know, that's like when you go to certain around certain groups of people and they're like, oh, we don't make fart jokes here. That's way too low. <laughs> right. Like it kind of feels like, oh, we, we don't talk about mental health because that's like, oh, you know, that just like makes you makes you feel like eh. like I don't want people to have that <laughs> eh feeling about mental health. Like I yeah. I just want it to be something that. You know what? And there, there's another light, simple explanation to it. I have to hear, I have a neighbor. I'm going to call her Sally. And Sally, every time I see her with her dog, I ask her how she's doing because it's a polite thing to do. And I hear about her heart condition, her bad back, her knee, how her dad is feeling, his bad back, his knee, how he sneezed mm-hmm. yesterday. I hear so much about her physical health that like I didn't invite into sharing. Mm-hmm. But if I were to say, if she were to ask me how I'm doing and I were to say, you know, I'm feeling really down and dark and the world feels really bleak. Can you imagine the look on that woman's face? Like, just <laughs> imagine the person I'm describing to you and then yeah. imagine what she would, how she would respond to that. Right. And yeah. I, that also, that's that something that motivates me. Double standard, you know? Yes. That, like, yes. We have no problem sharing that, but like our brain is a physical organ in our body. The Mm -hmm. most important one we have. And yet we somehow separate out these things, man, that's so wild to me. Yeah, that's exactly. So that's I like, there's a lot of things that go into that, that like continue motivating me. One is because people have come back and said, Hey, you're doing the right thing. Please keep doing it for others. Mm-hmm. that definitely motivates me. Yes, I do need other people to tell me periodically that I'm on the right track and that I'm doing something that's helping somebody. Uh, so like there's that. Then there's the, I don't want to keep hearing about your bad back, Karen, if I can't tell you about my bad brain. I don't feel like that's fair. <laughs> and like, frankly, I didn't ask you about how your back is doing. So I don't want you to be offended when mm-hmm. I tell you about how my brain is doing. You know, yeah. like out of out of nowhere, like those should both be just conversations that we could have, because as humans, I believe we can commiserate in both. I can easily say, oh, I'm so sorry about your back and that you had to go into that sucks because I genuinely I can empathize with that. Like I've been in surgery yeah. before. I've had pain before. I can say that sucks and I feel bad about that. But another person for some reason cannot just say, listen to my me talk about my depression and be like, oh, that yeah. sucks. I'm really sorry. Like they, they, they get nervous, they get uncomfortable, all those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that motivates me is for us to keep having these conversations. And then the other yeah. thing is, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit holier than thou where I am. Sorry, maybe that was the wrong wor- verbiage, but you're not allowed <laughs> to say that you're an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe a little How bit on a higher how dare you? Uh, maybe a little bit on a higher horse where I'm saying like, I, I'm tired of not seeing information that I can't mm. trust. And if I have to be the person to give that to you, then cool, I will do that. 
then. Also, like, honestly, again, we can simplify that. I love reading about this stuff. I love learning about it. So I'm doing it anyway. I might as well put it out and help other people learn as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps that you're good at the words. At the the Uh, verbiage, at the wording. Yeah. You're really good at it. Sometimes I get... Sometimes I get I get them I get them good. Yeah. Yeah. In the right way. I have the best words. And I do. You communicate, I mean, even just, you know, talking to you here, like you communicate passionately and fervently and well about this stuff and, and authentically and honestly. And that I think above anything else is what people are that's what people are looking for is is authenticity in that stuff. And I think you bring that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you kindly. That's I didn't expect this to be a compliment time, but I I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's over. So yeah. I'll take, well, an, just, I'll take any positive thing right now and latch onto it and be like, this is the next two weeks. Just think of how they complimented yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a couple more questions just because I'm go really for it, curious. Go for it. Yeah. Uh how long have you been married? Uh, I've been with my husband for 11 years and I've been okay. married for three, I know math, three now. Yeah. Three and a half about. Cool. All right. On. And, uh, how's that, that relationship like shaped you as a person? I mean, we both, we grew each other up, right. Cause we met when we were like 18 and a half, both of us, mm-hmm. we were happened right. to be born the same year and stuff. And um, was this the guy that your stepmom busted your chops about or a different guy? Yeah, same guy. Same oh, guy. And eat it, stepmom. He, yeah. <laughs> no, serious. They so they were at one point I had come home from a date and they were my my stepmom and my dad were drunk and they're like, let's put bets on when they'll break up. And so oh, uh, oh my gosh. I'm the so longest sorry. one was but the longest one was for no you should laugh because i remember laughing at the time and being like like even if i <laughs> even if that was to happen what kind of terrible person says that right like yeah. what so yeah so she can she's out of my life and i haven't talked to her in in um 6 years now just about mm. 6 years so yeah guess who's betting now like oh. <laughs> You're not around and he is. So guess who I bet on? It wasn't you. Uh, and mm. she, he shaped, he gave me courage when I had no courage. He literally picked me off the floor and reminded me and gave me reasons to live when I had none. Mm. He, he w- he's been there through everything that, yeah, I just, I, I like I'm forever... I am forever in in debt to him in the best way possible, not in a scorekeeping kind of way, but in the like, yeah, yeah. this, this is, this is the guy, this is, there's not, I don't necessarily believe in like soulmates, but this is the other half. This is the piece yeah. that, that I needed to be fully, fully me. Like I am my own piece and he's his own piece. I think we've grown into two separate people. I think there was definitely a period where we were just one human because we were, you know, like 18, 19, 20, you're trying to figure out what the hell you want from your life. And, right. um, uh, and we've grown into two separate people that love each other. But like I'm buying a house with this man and we're the, the most... 
I remember the night where I had a dream where I, cause I told him, I was like, I'm not getting married. My, my mom and dad remarried each other twice. My dad married a nightmare. Like I think marriage is stupid and it's mm. for people who don't trust each other. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Like as long as we could be together, I don't really care. And mm. then I woke up one night after having a dream that we got married and I was like, we're getting married. And he's like, okay, <laughs> I was in for either lie. But yeah, so he's, the, there's like, there's thick and thin and then there's everything that he's, he again, like I, it's super cheesy, but like really he's given me courage when I had mm. no courage. Like I left, I stopped talking to my stepmom because I knew I had, I always had him, you know, yeah, and yeah. I left my family because I was like, I have a way better family that I could be giving way more attention and love and care to that would appreciate it in him, in this one person uh, than I ever got from people who are blood related mm. to me. And yeah, and now we're raising our child. His name is Flynn after if you were paying attention. Oh, yeah. If you were paying attention, his name is actually doubly Disney. It's both for Flynn Ryder and Kevin Flynn of Tron. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Nice. That's a deep Little, cut right there. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Better, better a, choice a, than Eugene Fitzherbert, I guess. Yeah, right. It's a little dip, rolls off the tongue, but he's our he's our fuzzy baby boy. Mm. And oh. um He's turning five in April. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do for his birthday, considering everything is quarantined and shut down. Oh, I know. Also, he's yeah. a dog, so he has no idea that there's a difference, in, but it's okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, cool. Well, uh, this was great chatting with you. It's uh, oh, And I like that we ended on that note, too, because, um, I don't know, it's just nice to hear yeah, a story yeah. of, like, like Dude, wonderful it, it, relationships. I think all we hear about a lot of times is like the relationships that screw people up and fall apart sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Right. And then uh, the ones we that all you have carry around. Those, but, yeah, but like, sure. this sounds like a really, he sounds like a really rad guy. So. It, dude, cool. he is, he is, he's, uh, yeah. Oh, you would, you'd play some smash. Like life is, is good. He's a good kid. Yeah. It's awesome. So I do think it's a good note. And it, I, if it makes it sound a little too fairy tale-y, it's because it freaking is, okay? Like, life <laughs> sucked, and he showed up, and then he didn't, like, solve it all for me. He didn't sweep me off my feet and be like, here's a million dollars, solve all your life problems. Like, that's not what happened. <laughs> you, we yeah. both worked our butts off and got mm -hmm. to where we are today. And I don't know if you all noticed, but things suck right now, and we're still together. <laughs> so, yeah. uh so, so yeah, so I do think it's not that like it ends well and like happily ever after, but like it yeah. can, it can be good. Yeah. Yeah. And because you're still like, like the mental illness issues that you've had and stuff like those don't mm -hmm. just disappear. It's not like it's, mm -hmm. it's not like you beat it all of a sudden. Um, right. But you have this person in your life because of my wife and I have gone through some of this kind of stuff too. And yeah. Um, like, but it's just really nice to know that there's somebody that's like in your corner and yeah. is not yes. gonna, like, we all need that, whether it's a spouse yeah. or whatever, but like, we, we yeah. gotta have people in our corner who are like there and are for, for you, you know? Yes. Yes. So. Hey, uh, M, where can people find you? This is the self everything. Part. Self-promotion. I think I did enough self-promotion. There was not like pretty shameless, but uh, everything and anything can be found on mzidy.com. M-X. 
M X E I T Y. No, that's not how you spell it. It's I E. M X I T. It's M. It's anxiety without the A N and with an M instead. So, yeah, and um. Yeah, so it's anxiety.com and then mixer.com slash anxiety. And if you're looking for my live shows, if you're looking for my tweets of encouragement and love that I try to put out there, it's twitter.com slash anxiety. So type that in a, a social media and I've probably try harded on that social platform. So yeah. you can find me Great. there. Yeah. And, and I really encourage book? people. Where can people get the book? Yeah. Anxiety.com slash. Are you ready? Anxiety.com slash book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're interested, if you're like, I don't like Amazon, I don't want to give them my money. I'm also Barnes and Noble. Like all the links are out there uh, from, from the website. Yeah. So you can, you can find nice. it all Perfect. and do your thing. And yeah. I, I just, I'm going to challenge your listeners. I actually just bought your book. Um, Whoa. Yeah, for real. And here's oh. why. I'm going to explain why, and this will challenge some of our readers. I was like, "Well, that explains it." Go ahead. I, I, uh, I you were sharing the story, the, um, the tangled story, um, and I thought, "Man, I really want to read that." And then there was this part of me that was like, uh, "I'll just find that. I'll just find that article online somewhere." Do it because no, then, it's there. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "What? That's like." you've gone to the effort of putting these in a book and like you worked really hard on it and I wanted to support you. And so I want to say our listeners go support people who are doing cool, good work. Um, support love thy nerd support, support, uh, M here and, and go buy our book. Uh, so if you believe in what something's doing, so someone's doing, you should put your money where your mouth is. And so that's why I bought it. I try to do that as well. Yes. Yeah. After it. Cool. I feel like I just sort of like patted myself on the back there. Now I feel a little gross about it. But I still Wait, do want to your book. It was like a it was like a humble brag, but it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I felt yeah, okay about it. It's a weird, weird flex, gross but okay. Until, yeah, I didn't feel gross <laughs> about it until you like mentioned it. And now I feel gross about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, <laughs> I awesome. feel gross we'll about just gotta edit this part out, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool hearing your story and getting to know you hey, a little thanks bit. Thanks so much. And, uh, that was yeah. It's great. Thanks for listening and thanks to everybody else who got through that. I appreciate you and I hope to see you in a future future live stream. Likewise. Bye.